This is a show about individual experience and personal identity. There may be times when folks use identifying words or phrases that don't feel right to you. That's part of what we're exploring here. Please listen with an open heart. And as always, I welcome your polite, engaged feedback. And I encourage you to continue the conversation in your own life and with your own community. Welcome to Query. Hey, Queeros, today on the show, Emma Willman. I love this conversation, and I'm talking about a new diagnosis that I have, bipolar disorder. We love it. Um, but also, you want to come see me live? Because I am uh, at the Addison Improv in Dallas, Texas, May 3rd, May 6th, stateside of the Paramount, Austin, Texas, May 10th through 11th, Houston Improv, Houston, Texas. All tickets at CameronEsposito.com. See you on the road. I've been feeling wrong, but I'm still holding on, darling. I know, I know, I know it's careless. Yeah, you're, you're looking up hot dog variants. I mean, they're paying attention, but not that much, you know? Because I mean, they... if I want to know hot dog variants. I know. I went to um, a Laker game the other night nice. at Crypto.com Arena. Um Important to mention that because it's, you know, feels like such Sounds a relaxing pretty cool. name. Sure. Uh, yeah. And uh, we were talking about I got multiple dogs to do a taste test. The last time I had a hot dog was in, I think it was at Papaya Dog in New York, maybe oh, like sure. not that long ago. In 1997. But- no, I thought you were going to say, yeah. I thought you were going to go the other direction. <laughs> that, well, because I have been, I got, I went through like a phase with health stuff where I was like trying to heal my gut and be really healthy. And then, yeah. Now I, it's more like balanced out. So I, yeah. but I fucking love, I love hot dogs. The only meat I'm not eating is salami because I used to eat too much of it. I feel like if what? I eat it, I'll, I'll go off the rails. I can't no, touch that this shit. Is, I was just telling. I can't have it. I was just telling Matt and Jordan. It's that, too good. That one of the, my, one of my big, so I'm like, honestly, I'm in production on a TV show right now that shoots in Vancouver and I don't feel good because I like come home to LA and then I'm trying to jam the rest of my work into like, it's not good. It's really I, what hard. What I'm doing is not good. It's really and hard because it feels like you have to get like do your entire life when you're back wherever you exactly. live. It's very destabilizing. It's it, it's completely the wrong. I'm making bad choices, but also but, that's great. I mean, that's a that's a wonderful thing to be doing a show. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably what you wanted, but also yeah. it's just really fucking hard on your body and spirit yeah. and yeah. you know friendships, shit. friendships, functionality. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was saying I have to pick up my wife at the airport after after we record. I have to like leave kind of immediately and. How am I supposed to do that when in my calendar it says make salami sandwiches to bring to the airport Shit. so that she, when she lands, she has a good sandwich straight to salami. <laughs> Otherwise, she's not getting in the car. Do people, right. some people assume you're a vegetarian, you think? You're I was big. a vegetarian for 10 years. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. You put in the time. But I, I, um, honestly, I went back on meat because I was making this show and it was too mm. hard to. I usually actually eat extremely healthy, like I have for a very long time. Um, but it was too hard to eat healthy and eat vegetarian in this situation because that's like the vegetarian option is so often like a grilled cheese, mac and cheese, exactly. Yeah, and it's like I can't, I couldn't actually like live that way every day. That's just it, like so. You started nasty. eating meat again recently, very recently. Yeah, last year or like Be- yeah, end of last year. Because that, because so I had never. I I tried being a vegetarian actually. I lied about being a vegetarian. I think I was in like fifth or sixth grade and I really distinctly remember it because my friend 
was going vegetarian and I did it. I don't know what the, why I thought, I guess I was trying to impress her, but I lied. And then I would like eat meat at home in the closet. (laughs) And then not literally, but basically I was like hiding my meat eating ways. And then I've never, I've never gone, I watched a documentary that really made me like, like, I forget, it was one of those ones on Netflix where I was like, I can't do it. And I stopped eating meat for like a week then. And I remember when I ate meat again after that week long break, which was only a week, I got food poisoning. So I took that as a sign. And then I didn't eat meat for maybe four months, but I didn't stick with it. But I did cut way back on like red meat. And then salami, I mean, talk about going from not eating meat for 10 years to salami. That's the hard, I think of salami as like the most hard, like the most hardcore of the meats. Well, um, you know, I'm Italian. So like that. I love Italians. Yeah, that is. Is that a big Italian? Oh, I oh yeah, yeah. That yeah. like is Italian. Um, ah, I didn't know. Okay, here's what I just realized. Tell me. I don't know how long I've been doing this podcast, like six years. And there's a way that the podcast starts and I've never forgotten to do it. But I think I was so excited to talk With to you. With the hot dogs. I, that I forgot to do it. So we'll just do it now. Do what you got to do. Um, yeah. Actually, you know, we had a cold open on this particular pod, episode of the podcast, which is very, you know, very exciting. Uh, but I always have guests introduce themselves. Would you introduce yourself? Absolutely. Uh, my name is Emma Wilman. I'm a comedian based in New York City. And right now, can I say where I am? Yeah, please. I'm in Omaha, Nebraska. I was just in, oh, uh-huh. I went from Tampa, Florida <laughs> to Omaha, Nebraska. Classic routing. The yes. classic routing. And it was, luckily I flew in, I flew in last night. I was supposed to do morning radio. Oh, yeah. Um, but the host's sister died. So they canceled. No. Yeah. Okay. I got a text last night and they were like, oh, morning radio's off. And I was like, sure, no problem. And then the person wrote dot, 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 the host sister died. And I was like, oh, you didn't know me any explanation, but. Yeah. So sorry. Well, our to hear condolences. It. Our condolences. Seriously. I was like, I'm, I'm so sorry yeah. to hear that. Um, Not but to I'm change in the sub- subject from, you yeah. know, the part yeah. of the part of life that's death. Um, yes. Yes. But, I'm, but my name's Emma Wellman. I've got ADHD. I'm gay. Um, do some acting. We're going to uh, come back to ADHD in a second. I'm writing myself a note. This is what, this is how I sum Actually, it up now. I'm just, if you had asked me six years ago, I probably would have been like, boom, bam. I'm blah, blah, blah. But now I'm just like, I'm fucking trying, man. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to be healthy. I'm trying to focus on my joints and gut health and cool. be a good person and not freaking want to chop my head off. Well, there's just two, here's two things I want to say. So Please. like, number one, I just want to ask you, were you at the... Is it the imp- what's like the Tampa imp? What's the like? I was at the Tampa Improv. There, so I did that's the- like also a theater that's kind of cool. Yeah. What yes. Do you so I did the Orlando Improv, and then I did the Tampa Improv, and the Tampa Improv. You're exactly right. It's like it's a big room. Yeah, like with like it's a big giant um balcony, and like mm-hmm. so that's also in whatever the fuck neighborhood has wild roosters. Yes. Which, which before is I came there, they should tell you. Yeah, it's why Before you arrive there totally. the first time. Because I was also like. It's not a few roosters. It's a lot of roosters. And also there's a law that you, you can't cannot, mess You can't mess. Don't touch the roosters. Yes. And there, yes. there's some chickens as well. And yes. you can't feed. Because I don't know how you are, but like if an, I'm, I have a hard time if an animal's asking for food, like I feel bad. I want to give it food. I Salami food. straight. You Toss some salami Fucking right at that mainline, and yeah. that's bad for the animal. Whatever, whatever. 
I know, whatever. But so I was feeding, I slipped a couple nuggets to the rooster and You're I got kidding. in trouble. Yeah, they were like, do not who, feed the rooster. Who gave, who, like the cops? <laughs> what are we talking about? Who bothered you? So my mom moved to uh, Sarasota. So she came up oh, and man, she- I've been to Sarasota so many times. Keep going. She got, she got a, uh, she, we had dinner before the show and she wanted to eat right across from the club and we were sitting outside, which was also awkward because- like, people are coming to the show, and I'm sitting outside <laughs> my mom. So I'm, like, trying to, like, duck and hide. I feel weird. Oh, God. And then I tried to – I fed the rooster, and then the guy who runs the restaurant came out and was like, please don't do that. Like, it's really bad because then they're all going to come back and bother our patrons. And I was like, of course. I'm sorry. So don't touch the roosters. And there's lots of roosters. Big theater. It's nice. Also an important point, feed the rooster. Solid 90s band, but – Oh, know, never two, heard of it. Two sections. I'll write it down. I made it up. Oh. Just improvising. Um, that's a pretty good name, though. Um, when I first went there, like, I, you know, got there at night, went to bed. And I will say oh, you got that, many, by a rooster. that many roosters that early in the morning that yeah. close to the hotel. Because they're not a distant rooster. No, they're literally, and they're pretty bold. I mean, they, like, uh-huh. walk up to you. And, like, cash. I will say, honestly, crowing directly next to one's window in, the, in a hotel in the middle of the city. Almost an unplaceable sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, because it just doesn't sound like that could possibly it, be it. Right. You think like, it's like, a, did, have you ever met Dan St. Germain? He's a comedian in yeah, of course. New York. He had this joke where he was talking about how he, I'm paraphrasing it, but it was how he knew he'd been in New York for too long because he was on the subway and he, there was a meowing and he's like, oh, great. Some psychopath dressed up like a cat meowing on the subway. And then he turned and it was an actual cat. <laughs> so it's like one of those things where it's like, you hear a rooster, you can't. Like it's in the top I was, three. I, yeah, I truly Maybe was like, real... certainly somebody's alarm. Right, there's is some... just right. too annoying, and they can't date anybody because no one will ever stick around for that. Right, turn off your fucking phone. <laughs> and then it's these, and the roosters are really pretty, but it's they are. just kind of. I, I knew they were there because the got my feature Richie. Uh, when I was in Florida, he when we drove into the city, we saw like four or five roosters crossing the street. And he was like, oh, heads up. There's like a law about roosters here. You already knew and you still messed. I was just like, what the? Well, I didn't know you couldn't touch them. I didn't know you couldn't feed them. I'm like, where are they getting their food? Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Here's something I want to say. We don't really know each other. Um, no, which is- I remember when we... Well, I remember one, way, one time we met, and then we other met also at that very... At that photo shoot. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. We've met a couple times. Um, for sure. But uh, it is interesting because, like, 
And I certainly spent a lot of time in New York when I was living in Chicago, but like, I don't remember you from that time. And it is unusual to like be sort of at the place where we both are in our careers and not know each other, given that mm. like the field just gets smaller over time. Like new people aren't added. And I feel like most people at this point I know and have known mm. for like a long time. Um, so it is like kind of wild to just be getting to know you, you know, like on a podcast. Cause Safe I just think that's you can ask me anything. Okay. Yeah, it is. It is an interesting. I mean, I think when you were in Chicago, cause I started in Boston and then I remember mm. I used to, I was just always like, I've always been, I don't know if it's ADD or what, but I love, I mean, probably not, but like, I know everyone loves the internet. I'm a big, I'm a Googler, like 50 windows open at a time. And I remember Googling like comedians and one person shows and I'm comedy. And I remember a workshop that you did popped up when this is years ago oh, when you yeah. were in Chicago. Yeah. And it was, I think it was like the, when you're doing side mullet. Yeah. And it side was work, nation, side first, like one person show. Totally. And I yeah. really, I've always been interested in one person shows. And I remember seeing that and like writing it down. And mm. I had this little pad of paper. And I remember writing on Side Mullet Nation, and then there's a comedian, Matt Ruby, who had a comedy blog about New York, and I had your name and oh my God. his name. And then I would, I just remember writing it down. And then years later, I was going out to LA, and I remember I reached out to you about doing your show, and I spelled your name wrong. And oh, you were nice about it. You were, like, you were like, hey, just a heads up. It's actually, and then you spelled it right. And I'm dyslexic, and I remember looking at how you spelled it and how I spelled it, and I was like, oh my God. Like, I can't really tell the difference because it, like, it just like <laughs> totally. took me a minute. Totally. But I remember that. I remember that. That was the first time I wow. made um, contact. Sorry. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. Well, like, just to have that background is really cool. Um, what was I going to ask you that we were just talking about? But we met at your show in LA yeah. that you used to do on Tuesdays. Yeah. That was a totally. great show. What a fun It was show. a great show. Yeah, I'm super proud of that still. That oh, and I was going to say that, like, workshop you're talking about is, like, yes. called Femcom. Um, and, and like now it's also open to like, uh, like non-binary folks and cool and, and whatnot, but, um, it still runs. Oh, that's cool. All right. Which, down. which has been like, uh, it's been running for. Do you teach people how to do a one person years? show? Cause I want to, I'd like to do one of those. It's, uh, I mean, I would, I would talk to you about that, which is really cool. I would really, I would love to talk to you about that. I um, want to do something about special ed. Cool. But that's about yeah. as far as I've gotten. <laughs> But let's talk about, about it. Let's we'll like offline talk about it because I Great. I have like a lot of uh, yeah like I'm working on a new one right now. But I've that's done, awesome. Um, multiple that like I guess technically are stand up, but they're also like in that zone of one person show. But here's another thing that I'll say. Um, yeah, that particular class was just for women trying to write their first five minutes because I don't actually think you can replace the on the job training that is stand up, but I think in order to change the like gender dynamics, just getting people confident enough to start to go to open mics. That felt like the biggest boundary for me. It didn't feel like, like, it's like people are going to get weeded, weeded out once they're at the open mic circuit. Like there are a zillion people who aren't going to continue, but I never heard from men. And again, like at that time, it was really, we were talking about like women in comedy. We weren't mm. talking about like queer folks or like gender. Oh, for sure. I mean, that folks. and, and even saying women in comedy then, you know, 10 years ago, that was yeah. like, a th that was like a, 
And thing. taboo, right? Like people yeah. were like, right. Christopher Hitchens was like, no, nobody should be doing these. Anyway. Right. So I always found the biggest barrier, because people would tell me this at shows. I always found that the biggest barrier that I would hear, it, like I never heard a man say, I don't have the confidence to do my first five minutes. <laughs> never. Right. But I heard right. that from so many people. That's interesting. That yeah, were not cis that's men. interesting. Because, I mean, I, re- I I took a comedy class in Boston, and I remember it was extreme. It's very helpful, and the teacher was very supportive, and it was like in a funky. It was it was very queer friendly. Where first was it? Co- it was at Improv Boston. Oh my god, that's where I started. It's a great space. It was a great yeah. space in Boston, and I. But the very first open mic I did was a queer open mic. Mm. So I didn't even, now I don't drink anymore. I used to drink a lot and I would get, I would have some drinks and I would go to my friend's Eli's queer open mic in Jamaica Plain, Massachusetts. And it was like for poets and just like queer. Where expression. was that? Milky was Way Lounge. Pl- yeah. No, wait. No, they, but they did shows at Milky Way, but it was I right know, near Milky there. Way. Yeah. It was near, it was close to Milky Way. So it, I did that. But then when I went to a first comedy club, I told, I was it was so, it was just so fucking straight. So like yeah. uh, something like that, a woman's thing in Boston would have been, that would have been great. Cause it's also just like finding someone you feel comfortable to go to open mics with. And totally. Just, you know, it gives you a little armor. At that time, I also ran the most popular open mic in the city. Nice. And I would give the people like, I mean, they're, it's all like opt in or whatever, but I would, as their homework, I would be like, you have to try this at the mic. And yep. I just found that like, encouraging people to do that some of those people actually are like pros like that's awesome. stuck with it and most of them didn't and like sure same for everybody that was doing mics and totally Chicago at this time so i did i was like oh if somebody had the like wherewithal to continue to do this um like that kind of is wherewithal is a great word for it the wherewithal yeah, <laughs> yeah the fucking yeah. wherewithal to continue with it and a good open mic can change the you want because a bad open mic, it's it's, it's hard <laughs> to describe. I mean, it is mental. It really is like a mental. I have, I've had <sighs> I've had multiple girlfriends where this was like a thing where they would go. I wanted I want to go because I'd be going to these open mics all the time. I want to go with you. I want to see what it's like. I want to support. I want to be there. And I would be like, you don't. You really don't. Maybe in Boston I would it, it'd be fine. But when I moved to New York, I was like, you do not understand how toxic this can be. And then I remember this girlfriend of mine, Brooke, she was like, we'd been dating a while. And she was like, I want to see what you're doing. And we went to an open mic. And I remember at, in New York, you have to pay. And she was like, you have to pay. And I was like, oh, oh my God, totally. If that's even going to be in the radar, it's about oh to get real God. dark. And then the first person, she looked uncomfortable. She's a queer woman of color. And she was like, she started looking at me. And she goes, she's like, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I, I'm uncomfortable. Like, I, I'm comfortable as a queer person and a person of color. And I was like, I, it's so fucking toxic in here. I told you. And there's just no way to describe it until, and then, and then afterwards she was upset. She was like, I can't, she was upset for like a week. And I was like, I didn't know what to, it's, I told you it was toxic. Oh my God. So a good mic can, can be, it's, it's a huge, huge thing. Yeah. It's a game changer for for sure. Yeah. I, the, I can't, I, I forgot that you have to pay to do mics in New York. Yeah. That's like crazy. That's like reminding me of, uh. Like the first time I went to karaoke in New York and I was, and it, and it, the people that were singing were like folks that were trying to be on Broadway who oh, were like trying to me. keep their, they were trying to keep right. their instrument fresh. Right. And I was just like, wait, what is this? 
That's why I would never, I could never, I've heard people do karaoke in New York and I'm like, no, not No, today. that's not the place. Yeah. I want to go back off. to something, um, Emma, which is you talking about having ADHD. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this is something, I'm, this is so new for me, but um, honestly, like last month, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which it turns oh, out I think I've been living with since I was a child. Thank you for um, sharing that. Good for you. That's yeah, interesting. Well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to talk about it on stage a little bit. Sure. I'm trying to like understand where. And one thing that I am, as I get comfortable with understanding, like, what are the symptoms? Uh, totally. Taking medication for the first yep. time. Speaking to psychiatrists, like, uh all of these new things, these new yep. support systems. Um, one thing I am really like it, that's blowing my mind is the way this has hurt me in my mm. job and also the way this has helped me. So like, for instance, I think that there have been times when it was extremely difficult for me to function because like the mania was, and I'm more on the manic side than I was going to ask because there is a whole spectrum of bipolar disorder. That's right. Which yeah. is really interesting. Because I don't know too much about it, but I rem- I had this one psychiatrist back in- when we were trying to figure out when I yeah. first went on uh, anti-anxiety and depression medication. I had a psychiatrist who he we were like exploring bipolar. So I was like learning about it and I didn't yeah. end up that ended up not being a fit. But it is it's really interesting that the different types of totally bipolar and bipolar is tough because when you're for someone who's manic, sometimes I know then they maybe don't want to take the meds because they, they feel euphoric. Well, I've so heard. here's the here's the interesting thing that I'll say is I so I have bipolar two, which is like one is the one where like one of the major differences. There are some other differences, but one of the ma- major differences is like like you might see and hear things that aren't there. You know, that's like the kind of person who can get stuck in a loop. That um, is so, and it's is that in the manic phase or in the depressive phase? It doesn't um, matter. I can be in both, uh, to my huh. knowledge. That is um, so interesting, and that's the, also the one where you might like experience like extreme paranoia um that's so interesting you know and delusion Um, that is so it's so interesting with the mind because it's just so it's just like to figure out your own mind and what's best for yourself and what works when that's in your mind is it's just very tricky totally yeah because you'd have to be able to identify like to to right go seek help for being delusional you have to be able to identify (laughs) that that's a delusion so Two, bipolar two is like. That's funny. um, That's a good thing to talk. I think that's really funny. That's like, I think I'm delusional. I'm writing it down. I'm writing it down. I don't know. Yes. You know, yeah. A lot to unpack here. Yeah. And then it's like, someone's like, you are delusional. And you're like, oh, thank God. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know. (laughs) So bipolar two, it's like the major symptoms are like too much energy. Well, and and Mm. like you said, there can be um, dress people who are, there can be people who have like, both things sort of the same amount. There are people who have more of a depressive side or people have more of a manic side. And I have more of a manic side mm. and the like mania symptoms are like too focused, too many ideas, uh, can't sleep, like boundless energy. So like a little uh, ADHD ish, a little bit, a little HD, a little ADHD. That's how they describe some of the hyperactive. Yeah. 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 Um, but then do you crash? Yeah. Yeah massive crash yeah massive <sighs> yeah. crash and and uh the thing i will say about those symptoms is like mm. this is also the one where like ceos have it you know it's like mm. or like 
create sure. like, creative folks. Because you're because you can do a thing. The output. <laughs> yeah. To like the nth degree. Right. Um, and so I think although I've also felt like I was gonna fucking burst into flames mm. for decades of my life um <laughs> at certain points. Right. Um I also have massively benefited from this. Yeah. And in common. That's a good way know? to look at it. Too. And um so I'm important. curious, you know, because you like disclose this this part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you if you have sort of any relate like if that feels relatable to you, if you feel that it's, you know, harmed you or benefited you, like very curious to your thoughts on that about ADHD or anything else you want to talk about in terms of like mental health. I realize that 100%. But one thing that I've really been, that's been like blowing my mind with tracking all this stuff where I was kind of like, oh my God, I just couldn't, was I, a lot of my symptoms, like, and it's only been in the past couple of years. And in some ways, I think COVID gave me the time to really monitor myself in different ways. Mm -hmm. And that's where I started really taking the time to learn more about brain health and hormone health. But one of the things was where I I started tracking it was noticing symptoms around my period. So Mm -hmm. I also, and this one is self-diagnosed, but there's this thing called PMDD, which is premenstrual. Oh, yes. Dumpton disorder. Yes. And I really should know it because every single thing about it, I was like, I relate to this, couldn't relate more. And it's like the phases of my cycle. And it's about two, anywhere from five days to two weeks where my, it's just like the depression, the ADHD symptoms, like stomach problems, everything. And I looked, I was really trying to trace it because I knew like a long, 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 long time ago, like say, I think it was like right after college. I just remember feeling so depressed. And then I would get my period and it would go away. And I was like trying to explain to a doctor. I was like, something's going on with my hormones, but I can track it. And then I would go on these antidepressants and stuff. And I was like, I should probably be on the Assure. But also it's related to my, I know, I don't know what, but like I, I can really pinpoint suicidal ideation, like all of these things around my period. And then tracking that and trying to figure out how like diet and exercise and sleep and trying to like at least be aware of it so when those type of thoughts like come in I can be like okay you're five days away from your period like this isn't like like whatever you it would definitely come in the form of paranoia where I would think I would think um like not someone was like out to get me but I would be like looking for a target of my discomfort. So it would be like, I would, you know, I'm in, it'd be like stirring the pot. Like, and I would think, Oh my God, like what relationships did I like cause like problems with, or like what things have I, now that I know that it's like, I can't necessarily trust my thinking around that time. And I think people with ADHD and PMDD, they, the ADHD symptoms are like exacerbated around it. Mm-hmm. It's made me be like, oh my god! Like, you know, I I still hold myself a hundred percent accountable for any actions I've taken, but it was it's a little bit scary to look back at and try to be like, what, what you know, just know it's just scary to think sometimes like, oh, I wasn't necessarily operating in my best interest, but to the I relate to that, you know, and you're like, oh my god, and because you think it's true in the moment, and like in the most microcosm sense where I'll look at it is with sugar. So 
before my period, I'll be like, I want to, and I don't drink anymore. I don't smoke. So I, I, it'll be like, I want to just eat sugar, like nonstop and not like have a cookie or it's like, I'll be like, I want to be addicty about it. Like take marshmallows into the bathroom and eat them in secret. And then my girlfriend's like, she does. She's like, what are you doing? And why are you in the bathroom eating the marshmallows? Just come out of the, get out of the bathroom. So starting to realize, oh, wait, I'm getting these thoughts around my, I don't really want to go into the bath. Like, I don't really want to do like just kind of like pulling it apart and then saying, you know, giving yourself, okay, you can do this. You're feeling this way because of this. It takes some of, you take the secrecy away from your thoughts and the power away. It helps me at least be a little healthier. And I, but I, with the ADHD, I do think, I think it's helped. It has been helpful with career stuff in the sense that I think that from a young age, it helped me or I felt like an outsider. So I think that that can help when you're trying to do creative pursuits because you get comfortable to thinking or used to thinking, I feel a little different from what I see. And everybody has their own unique algorithm and thing, but you just get comfortable being like, I'm outside here. And maybe also there's overlap with queer stuff. And then, so then like, as you're doing something that, you know, other people are following their different paths and you're doing something that maybe could be considered kind of crazy. It doesn't seem crazy to didn't seem crazy to me because I was like, no, I, I see I could really like zoom out in some ways that I don't know. I know for people that have like, you know, that are neurodivergent, like zooming out, at least for dysle- I'm dyslexic too, like seeing I'll have a harder time with like the little steps, but like big picture thinking that would click very quickly. But then it's been really a matter of like training myself to do the things to get there, because I think at the end of the day, discipline is, you know key i know that was a little all over the place no it's because it's a lot i really interesting it's just it's basically like it's like your whole brain it's like your whole brain and world when you like find you're like oh my you or something like bipolar is is such an interesting one too because that's a real process to get diagnosed because there's so many things that could other you know you need to have a doctor you trust yeah and i don't know for you like in the past, I remember when I would see, when I would seek out help, it would be when I was in like in a bad place. So then I wouldn't really be like yes. looking at like, is this uh, doctor? Yes. We. Yeah. Like where I'm like, fuck, I need help. And I, I uh-huh. wouldn't be, I wouldn't be treating the therapist like it was a relationship and thinking, is this a good doc? Is this a, not, or is this a good doctor for me? And then finally I, I saw an amazing therapist in Boston. And that's when I was like, oh, okay. Seeing a therapist, this is a relationship. Too And like, for me, I want to see a psychiatrist who isn't going to just push a bunch of pills right away. I want to see someone who's mm-hmm. like the first psychiatrist I saw that was really good was through this woman, Susan. And in the past, I had seen people where I would say stuff and they go, oh, here's this pill. Here's this pill. And this first psychiatrist, I remember I go to see him and I'm like, I'm like, OK, so these are my things. So I've decided I need these pills. And he was like, where did you get this? I go, well, I, I bought a book. And I, I went into the um, Harvard because I was in Boston. I was I went to Harvard and I went to their psychiatric section and I read the book, some books there about what people. Sh- and he's like probably rolling his eyes. And I was like, and I've decided like I need these pills. So just, you know, you know, hand it over, buddy. And he was like, I'm going to stop you right there. Like, that's not how it works. Also, we're going to start you on one thing at a time for a couple months to see how you react. And at that time, I'm like a couple months when you're anxious or depressed, a couple months, I'm like, I might not, like, what? I, can't, I don't have a couple months. Like, I'm going to blow my yeah. brains out. And then he said this. He goes, also, I want you to start eating organic blueberries from Trader Joe's and <gasps> drinking this coffee. And I was like, amazing. What? And he was like, 
how much processed food do you eat? And I remember, and then now I'm like, oh, that guy was great. But at the time I was like, motherfucker, like, give me the pills. That's so funny. But it's important to have a good person. And that's what I realized. Oh, I want something like that. So I just want to let's, I want to go through like sort yeah, of piece. I t- I did, so one thing I did was, and I hope, so here, I'm going to just say this. Anything. I'm going to like type a little bit as we're talking. Oh, because, please. I love um, that. I do that too. It helps me organize my thoughts. I love that. Yes. I yeah. am. I am experiencing, this is just again, like, I don't really have a problem with talking about this. Um, I'm experiencing t- like some cognitive delays because I'm on new mm. medication. And so I was so, going to ask, how do you yeah. feel on the med- how do you feel on the medicine? Do they start you out on a strong dose or like I don't know exactly how bipolar medicine works. Yeah, so different for everybody. I mean, just to kind of like give the full. So right, so it's like so it's a mood disorder, right? right. I think that's I think that's the one. Although there are some overlapping symptoms with ADHD, um, that is the a differentiation. Mood, the mood stuff is really wild because right. like. When I'm up the like level of, and this is true for, this is like, they went through, you know, uh, when going through the symptoms, I was like, oh shit. Um, but when I'm up, it's like, I feel like the best person in the world. Who's the most qualified for whatever. It's like this overconfidence. And is it serotonin and dopamine is just firing away? Exactly. It's essentially like you're doing MDMA, like that's the vibe. And so, um, the confidence, um, Really helped me in stand up. Sure. sure. But then after that confidence, after, and again, this is like MDMA, like this is, that's a concentrated version of this experience. Uh, It's like you're, you're trying to create that experience. So feeling like, you know, so confident, so happy. And then the crash that happens over, I feel like I'm like a piece of shit, the worst person in the world. Does the crash happen right away afterwards? Or like, could you be high for a couple of days and then it happens? Or it would be like happen during the day and then crash at night? I could get stuck up there for months. Really? Um, in the in the heightened And would zone. you sleep? No. And also it feels completely out of control. Um, and like pretty bad. Would you shop a lot or do like, like, would you feel like untouchable? No, untouchable, I guess is not the right. I think actually after a while, it used, for me anyway, I started to feel sick. Like I started to mm. not feel good because you're not mm. actually supposed to have that for that. Right. You know, it's like, it, that's yeah. why it's a mood disorder. And so. Right. Um, and not but, sleeping is huge. Not sleeping. Not sleeping a, alone will fuck you up. I also would feel like I was going to have a heart attack. A lot of times, like just really, really bad, especially my chest. And um, I was managing a lot of it with like using drugs and alcohol. And, um, you know, in our field, that's very normalized. Um, you know, you can drink at work. that too. Totally. And so um, <sighs> I, and also another, another symptom is like hypersexuality, which again, like very normalized in our field. So right. hypersexuality. Like, Even encouraged. Yes. Yes. Using drugs and alcohol to come down. And um, I got to a place where I knew I needed to go to rehab, but I didn't know why. Because oh, I relate even, to that. I went to even, rehab before and I didn't know why. And I lied about why I was in there, actually. <laughs> well, I want to ask you, what did you say? I, I was like embarrassed. So this was the very first time I went was between high school and college. I, I was just I was just always fucked up because 
at that time it was like binge eating, but then I would drink and smoke pot to like make myself pass out, hoping I wouldn't binge eat. Oh, and it was all related. I had this like really verbally toxic stepmom at the time. I have a new stepmom who's wonderful, but at that time, but it was just like related to lots of things, but that really tipped the scale. And then I had this acupuncturist and she was like, if you're going to even have a shot at going to college, you have to go to rehab. And when I got there, I said I had a drinking problem, but it wasn't that I was addicted. I was like in a binge eating cycle. So I was never really honest while I was there, but it was kind of, I relate to that where it's like, I knew I needed to go, but I didn't quite know why. And I wasn't really honest when I was in there. So did you end up going to rehab? I did. Yeah. And the thing I will say is, yeah, amazing. Yeah. yeah, Because the older you get, I think the harder it gets. I I have a family member I'm trying to get to go away. And it is so fucking hard when someone has their whole life, even though you're like, you have to just step away. But then there's always, I got to do this. I got to do that. So I think it gets harder as you get older. I also have a job and I'm sure there right, are, are a zillion people who can't do that. But for right. me, um, I was off for holiday break and I you should be so proud of yourself. Figured out that I needed to go and I went the next day because like I Moment made every possible call and I was just like, I need to go tomorrow. Right. And um, you might talk yourself out of it, too. Totally. And also I was like, I have this very specific uh, yeah, window also, of time. And, right. and I was like, yeah, when can I start? Um, right. I need to be fixed within two weeks, too. And they're like, it's not how it works, but. Well, I just knew I needed to start the conversation, you know, and like also get fixed in two weeks. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, the drugs and alcohol, like for me, it was never um, quantity, Mm. but it was why I needed to do it. Exactly. That's what I I always say. It's not what you're doing. It's why you're doing it. It's why you're doing it. And you know, you know, if it's a problem, it doesn't, it's not the quantity. That's exactly. That's exactly what I believe to be the truth. It's not the quantity, it's why. And anything can be destructive if the why is destructive. That's right. And, you know, but I was going in there. And I mean, again, for stand-up, it's like, they were like, how many drinks a week? And I, I mean, it's, it wasn't like. And that doesn't matter. It's, it's it, why it doesn't matter. It. it doesn't matter. Because then people, and it's like, we can't diagnose other people, but sometimes like someone will be like, oh, you drink that? I drink this. And it's like, well, I'm not here to diagnose you. But like some, I, 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 it bothers me if someone ever like belittles or downplays anyone else's problem because it's not so much. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's why you're, it's like, I need, I'm doing this because I'm balancing myself out in a way that is not, that is driving me insane or whatever. I also already knew I had some fluency with like my addict tendencies toward people and um, toward food. But I Food's didn't. Tough. Oh yeah, it really is. It's so you need tough. To eat. You have to. Eat. You need to eat, and it's so. There's so many things ingrained in our culture that are so toxic with messaging mm-hmm. about food and weight. So you're you're trying to detangle it away from that. Totally. You know, yeah. and it's like it, that's it's very it's complicated and very a sensitive thing. Yeah, and the thing that I like came to is I know I'm an addict. I'm curious to find out like. If and I just I just don't know. It's because it's so early. I don't know if my relationship to drugs and alcohol would change if I am properly medicated. Like I'm not totally. drinking or using drugs right now, but because because I'm. But for the 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 
drugs I'm on. It's not actually prohibited. And like what I'm real, what I'm sticking with for myself. And this is also like a one day at a time paradigm. Totally. Is That's like, what I was going to say. I don't need to decide for the rest of my life. I just need exactly. to decide for today. Exactly. And like, that feels great to be in that place. Um, but anyway, I went into rehab and like, you know, there's like this intake questionnaire and, you know, they pulled me aside as I was leaving actually. And they were like, Hey, you think you should be evaluated for bipolar disorder? And like, I, you know, um, followed up with like, cause I have, now I have like a sex therapist and like, oh, I mean, it's just great. wild. It's fucking I need to wild. Get back. I haven't yeah. been going to a therapist for the past year and yeah. a half. And it's, I need to start again because I'm leaning on, I'm sober. I go to meetings, support yeah. meetings, but I am not seeing a therapist is different. And I need to, because there, I think it's like whenever certain problems keep bubbling up, yeah. Like there's certain things where I'm like, I've hit a wall, like in the way that I talk with my girlfriend, I'll be like the big thing that'll come up and she sees a therapist and she's like, it's not fair. She's like, I'm doing all this work with a therapist yeah. and then you're not. And she's right. And she's like, and you know, you're getting therapy almost from me because like I'm relaying our conversations to my therapist and that's not fair. And she's right. But like when I, I always am like, oh, I didn't do anything wrong. And she's like, I'm not saying you did anything wrong. It's like, that's, I need to see a therapist basically. But yeah, so you've got a sex therapist. It's and- complicated. And like, I I also have a regular talk therapist and a couples therapist. And I will say this, that is um, pretty unachievable for most people. Like, to be able to go to right. rehab is expensive, to be able to have yes. all this different. For, for whatever reason, prior to knowing all this, I just have an insurance plan that is very good in its coverage for mental health. I so think, I also honestly, relate to that. I relate to the guilt of seeing therapists too, because I, when I would see therapists and I would say it, I'd be like, but I know a lot of people can't do this, but yeah. so, you know, it's just, it's great that you can, and that you can is a gift because you want it's a gift. And then if you decide to, I feel it's like attraction is the best form of promotion. So you working on yourself and being able to pass it on is helps other people too. If you decide oh, yeah. to do that. Yeah. You know? Totally. And um and that's great you're seeing three therapists because even though even though your even though your insurance covers it, you're still taking the time to do it. Because my Oh, that's right. I'm you sure. know what I'm saying? Because I was like I would be it's a, it feels like so stupid shitty to admit, but it's good to get it out there. I'd be like, I can't do that. Like how how can I see a therapist? I gotta do this, I gotta do that. And it's so stupid. I mean, I'll spend like two hours on Instagram. Easy. You've got what's more important than your mental health? Like, I got to shout out the pandemic because obviously pandemic, obviously fucking terrible time where many, many people died. But the transition to um, medical care being done over the phone and over the internet has been life-changing for me because as somebody who tours mostly for my job, I mostly work out of town. If I'm working in television or film, I mostly work out of town. If I'm uh, doing standup, it's, I think it's actually been impossible. I've had there, I've had a therapist for like eight years, but it's like, good luck to me, you know, in the past. And, uh, it's just been really game changing. Exactly. It is, but that you're making the time to do that is because is huge. Oh, this is so sweet. I like really appreciate this support. Yeah, it's a big win for yourself because even because lots of people that also I, we I know we, we can scale it against like, oh, it's hard to get and hard to do, but it's lined up where you're able to do it. But then lots of people that are able to do it don't do it 
because I'm not doing it. You know what I'm saying? Truly never thought the of time, that. especially with people like our brains where we're like trying and wanting to do this and that. It's like, no, like I have to be able to, if you don't do this, everything else can fall apart. Well, and I guess the other thing I would add to this in terms of that is- I'm taking vitamins too, because I'm inspired by this conversation. <laughs> I was like, hell, I gotta, gotta take my fucking brain vitamins. You know, the other thing that I'll say that's been to my great benefit is that um, I have also gone to support group support group meetings for a matter of years at this point. And so that did create in me, going into that, I had a ton of resistance, a ton of resistance for a long time. And then I just got super desperate and like that changed for me. Um, And I think what that changed is my interest in spending time on myself because I previously had been only focused on work. Right. And um, finding somebody to date. Like those were my only, I had no hobbies. Me too. I honestly didn't even have close friends. I just had like mostly coworkers that I thought were my friends. Like it just because I was. Uh, misunderstanding the nature of friendship and the nature of support. That's a good um, thing to talk about too. I think understanding friendships is like friendships as you, or like a good thing to like ex- just work in life. Like friendships are like huge. because It's like your relationship with yourself and then other people. And then what's a friendship? What do you look for? How does it grow? How does it change? Like there's just like so many. Cause so I really relate to that with the work and dating too. And I actually took, when I started comedy in Boston, moved to New York, I went to grad school and then I took a year off from comedy when I was in the thick of it. Like I was doing like, you know, run open mics and bar shows. And um, when I went to grad school and then I graduated and I, at my grad school graduation, I fell asleep and I just had this moment of clarity where I was like, if I keep going at this place, I'm going to kill myself. Like I'm just, and I remember putting my thumbs up on like my third eye. I didn't even know what, it was just like a comforting thing. And I was like, you have to take a pause. And I, there was not, not that there's so much balance now, but at that time, there's no balance. And it makes it so miserable because you're putting so much fucking pressure on every show and every career thing because you're sacrificing everything for it. Yes. And when I took that year off, it was actually like the best year of my life. Aww. Stopped drinking, saw that great therapist yeah. in Boston, lived at my mom, lied my way into this job that I had no business doing selling educational travel. And this was probably like ten, nine or 10 years ago. And then, but it's just, that's where I learned basically the, I relate 100% to the career and then dating. And I would use dating. I don't know if you relate to this at all. I would use dating and a girlfriend as a placeholder for having a life. 100%. And also uh, like, you know, therapist and any support at all. Okay, right, Emma, exactly. this is what's going on right now is we kind of have to end this conversation, which I'm devastated about. Go get your about. girl. Get that sloppy yeah. Get your girl. I, but here's what I'll say. Um, you know, I'm utterly thrilled with like how this conversation went. Yeah, me too. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call back this. This actually a therapist called me yesterday when I was at the airport and I was like, they were calling me back and I was like, ah, I'm flying to Omaha. And they were like, okay, but I'm going to call them back and be like, let's make an appointment. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. And I'll, you know, also say is like, I hope we connect more after Please, this. Like, let's, I'd love to come anytime or whatever. Let's I'd love talk. to just transition this into a full friendship. <laughs> like, let's just, let's, let's just it. start that. Yeah. Uh, let's do it. So I'd be honored. Th- that's awesome to, to get a chance to. To be and like, thank yeah. you for sharing about the, because it's a big, it's just big, it's big, you know, it's big stuff, but you know, yeah. you're not alone. I'm not alone. And if someone's listening and they 
are like, I've got something. It's okay to not know what it is. It's like, it really is about so much of it is about starting that conversation with yourself. And it can be scary when you don't, because I'm like, fuck myself. I don't trust myself, but it's like, you're still yourself. What if you were, what if you were your own friend? Just, just for today, pretend you're your own friend, (laughs) you know? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, before I send you back into your day and to Omaha, um, I always have folks shout out a queero, which is like a person, place, or thing that made you mm. feel that you could be who you are today. So it's just something that helps you along the road or a person. Okay. It's my eighth grade teacher, Catherine Rossi. Yes. Yeah. I was totally in the closet, but she definitely knew I was gay, but she was just always so... I went to this hippie, funky Waldorf school and she knew I was going into high school and she probably knew it was going to be a little tough for me because I, I didn't, I wasn't diagnosed with ADHD, dyslexia at the time, but I just remember her being like, you're great, you know, and her interpretation of it. She was like, you're going to be fine. Like you have, you can, you can have people skills. Like the school system isn't, there's, I remember her just introducing the idea of different types of intelligence. And I was like, what? But then over the years, over the years, I was like, oh, thank God for Thank God for Catherine Rossi. She made me feel really safe. And I knew she knew I was gay, too. I just had it. Maybe she didn't, but in my head, she knew. She knew. So Kat, Let's shout just out to Catherine go Rossi. with that. We can yeah. just agree that she knew. She knew. Yeah. That can be the reality. Catherine um, Rossi. Well, Emma, again, see you. You know, Great. see you out there and, uh, and love Here, it. Here's you know? to mental health. Day at a time. For real. For real. <laughs> Oh, raising your hotel coffee. <laughs> the number of times. Anyway, all right, I gotta go. But you're you're a treasure. Thank you guys. <laughs>